Well, good morning, church. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. Good morning, church. It is great to be here, great to be in God's house. And I am, I'm really pleased that I get this opportunity to come and just share with you and uh, read scripture with you and talk about the Lord's work in our lives. These are very, very challenging days. I don't know where you've been living, but I think we would all agree. These are the most interesting time of my life, these last two years especially. Um, and, you know, for those who may have been living in a cave somewhere, just pick up a newspaper and you start reading. And what are you going to find? I, I know, politics, they're all over every, every newspaper, every newscast. Uh, it's, it's just, we're inundated with that from every direction. COVID-19. Um, the, the latest thing with COVID is supply chain interruptions, shortages. Saw pictures of, of grocery shelves just totally empty. Don't panic. Don't panic. Um, of course, vaccine mandates, mask mandates, uh, talking about quarantines and business closings and jobs being lost and the stock market uh, uncertainty and and before before you get too depressed I'm going to bring this around and bring out positive I'm, I'm just telling you this is what we're all fed right we see it from every angle and even the casual conversations are, are about the absence of toilet paper from off of Walmart shelves or something like that. I mean, it's just, this is the strange world that we find ourselves in today. It's enough to push people right up to the edge and sometimes even further. And then there's the everyday circumstances that all of us, uh, all of us find ourselves in. Every family has their own unique issues and things that you're dealing with, and, and that, is, that is just life. And uh, sometimes that gets very stressful. What will the future bring? What's going to happen next? I, every once in a while, have this conversation. I've got a, a good friend uh, who's in a city just to the west of here, a real small town, uh, about 100 miles west. And he calls me up and he says, have you heard the latest? And he's usually got a, a link in there to a, a prophetic word someone's given. This is what's, what's going to be happening. And I can tell you some of the prophetic words I've heard, I didn't give you two cents for. I mean, honestly, um, just because someone says that they've heard from God and have a prophetic word, Listen, you can't believe everything that's out there. Uh, I went to a church back early this year, and a lady came running up to me, and she says, did you hear? President Trump is going to be reinstated by August, at the very latest, September. And I just looked at her, and I mean, I, I was sad for her because she had bought into whatever, whoever, and, and she believed that that was good. And maybe, maybe there's somebody here and you think, well, 
It didn't happen in September, but it's definitely going to happen by the end of October. Well, you know what? We'll find out. Um, I wanted to go and, and look up this lady at the end of September. I wanted to go back and, and look her up. I know exactly where she's at. And just say, okay, now that these prophets, quote, unquote, these prophets have given you this word and it didn't come true, what are you going to do about that? Do you know that the Old Testament has a remedy for that? Some of you know exactly where I'm going. Old Testament, this was, it was very, very harsh. If someone says, thus saith the Lord, and it doesn't come true, take them outside the city and stone them to death. Well, so that this is, doesn't happen anymore in Israel. That, that's what it says. And today, we have to be so cautious what we're listening to and what we buy into because there's a lot of junk out there. There's a lot of deception. There's a lot of just plain lies being purported as this is the gospel, the truth. I'm sorry. It's getting harder and harder. I think one of the greatest gifts that the church needs to be using today is the supernatural gift of discernment. Did you know that the gift of the Spirit, the, all of the gifts of the Spirit, were not intended just for inside of a church building? They were intended for life and for the marketplace. The gift of discernment today is one of the most valuable gifts, and you need to every morning get up and say, Lord, help me to be discerning of what's right and what's wrong what's true and what's not true. Help me to know by a supernatural awareness that the Holy Spirit brings, not just by how intelligent we are, but by supernatural means, God will reveal what is truth and what isn't truth. And we need to rely on that today. So what does the future bring? Sometimes people don't realize that Jesus grew up in very difficult times. Israel at that time, uh, because of their constant disobedience of God, they had been uh, defeated and, and totally uh, conquered several times. And finally, at the time when Jesus was born, they lived under Roman occupation. The Roman Empire was very powerful, very corrupt, and extremely cruel. They invented ways of killing people publicly to terrorize the rest of the population. Rome appointed governors all over Israel to, to oversee the people. And they even went so far as they appointed who the high priest was going to be. So you talk about uh, church and state and the separation, there was none. Uh, Rome decided who was going to be in charge of the church. In the middle of all this turmoil, Jesus gave some very, very good instruction to his disciples, to all of his followers. And it's a passage that I want us to look at this morning from Matthew chapter 6, beginning with verse 25. So if you have your devices, I know it'll be on the screen here, but I want you, I want you to look at this and we're going to read it together. Matthew 6, beginning with verse 25, it says this. 
Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and your body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. We, we need to back up. Just look at that again. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Verse 28, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He's aware of our needs. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Say that with me, would you? Do not worry about tomorrow. Do you hear what that says? For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I have not done the actual study, but I'm told that there are 366 times in the Bible where a passage says something like this, do not worry, be not afraid, uh, fear not, uh, something of that nature, 366 times in the scriptures. Now, if my calculations are correct, that means we have one for every day of the year, including an extra one for a leap year. 360. You know when, it, when teachers repeat something over and over, it's intentional. It's for a purpose. Did you know that when people repeat something over and over, it's intentional? It's for a purpose. And that purpose is so that we get it. So that we hear it and it soaks in not just to the superficial levels, but it sinks down into our heart and we understand that's what God is telling us. Do not worry about tomorrow. This is a word for the church today. This is a word for all of us as believers, the redeemed, the blood-bought, the, 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 the ones who inherit the kingdom of God. We are the ones that Jesus died for. And he's telling us, the family of God, do not worry. Don't be afraid. You know, every time an angelic being appeared to someone in scriptures, it, almost without fail, it, 
the, the angelic being, the first thing that they would say is, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm not here to hurt you. Don't worry. And I think, I think of, of that in terms of what's going on today in our world. The word that God wants you to hear today is, don't worry. I've got this. That's the kind of the way that my brothers and my sister and I would talk to each other. We've, for the last 20 years, we've planned family reunions and we, we kind of divide it up. And, and so we'll be on a, on a conversation. We'll say, okay, we've got this. And someone will say, don't worry, I got that. And we can check it off. We don't have to think about it anymore. We know that person, they, they'll take care of it. I'm, I'm famous for alphabetized pop. Oh, it's, it's just a, a thing. I, you know, coming over to my sister's place, I said, what can you bring? She says, bring some pop. Okay. Well, what, is peop- what do people like? Well, some people like this, some people like that, and some people like sugar, and some people don't like, they want diets. And so you, I just bought a whole bunch, and, and we set it all out in alphabetical order. So a little bit of the OCD coming out of me, I guess. The point was, don't worry. I've got this. I can do this. I'll take care of it. 366 times, God is telling you today, don't worry. Don't get blown out of the water by what you're seeing around you. Don't become fearful because of the headlines. Don't become fearful because of wars and rumors of wars. Our God has all of this under control. There is nothing that you're going to read in the paper today that God didn't already know that was coming. There's nothing that happened that he went, I didn't see that. I mean, he's God. He knows. A lot of these 366 times, there's one in the Gospel of John that is my all-time favorite, John chapter 14. And it simply says this, beginning with verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. I think if if Jesus were using the kinds of words, by the way, this is in your red letter edition, this is in bright red. These are the words of Jesus. He said, let not your heart be troubled. What he's saying to us is, don't worry, I've got this. I think the Holy Spirit is always trying to speak to us. We just got to tune our ears to be able to listen to him. Sometimes he speaks to us through the scriptures. Sometimes he speaks to us in that that still, small voice. Just that, that noise, that voice that you hear on the inside. But the words are, don't worry. I've got this. Well, listen to his promises. 
And let me just recall a few of these for you. Philippians 4, 19. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 1, 7. For the spirit of God, the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Deuteronomy 31, 8. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Sometimes we, we talk about when we get to heaven, one of the things that we're going to do is, and you can kind of fill in the blank, uh, I, I know that there's a lot of things that we say we're going to do right away when we get to heaven. I think when we finally get there, that may change our list of priorities. All the questions, I think, I think for the first, I don't know, maybe first five or ten years, we're just going to go, oh, oh, now I get it. I'm, I'm reminded of a woman by the name of Corey Ten Boom. Some of you remember her. She was a survivor of one of the Nazi internment camps. And her family were all killed in these camps. And she was miraculously released. It was a mistake, a clerical mistake. And she was released. Years after that, she would be giving her testimony of, of God's grace and God's goodness. And she would work with a tapestry. She would have this, this big tapestry on her lap, and she would, with the needle and thread, she'd be working on it. And from the side, from the back side, it looked like total chaos all kinds of confusion and strings going every which way and colors all mixed and blended together. It did not make any sense. You couldn't tell what the tapestry was. And then at the end of her presentation, she would stand up and she would turn the tapestry around. And you saw this incredibly intricate, beautifully well-done masterpiece and I think there are so many things that we look at from this side and we say I, I don't get it I don't get it that doesn't make any sense and when we get onto the other side oh okay now I understand I think, think of some of the, the people in the scriptures. I, I think of people like Daniel and how Daniel was thrown into this den of lions. You remember the story. And uh, I, that was not a, a comfortable moment when all of a sudden he's laying at the bottom of this pit and there are lions all the way around him against the wall and he can hear them snarling. But I think if we were to go back and be able to see what really happened there, 
I would think we would hear the voice of the Father leading into Daniel saying, don't worry, I got this. I think of the three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace. You know, they were thrown in there, they were innocent, they, they, they had done nothing wrong. But they were thrown into this fire and the king looks through a little peak hole and he says, I thought we threw three men in there. The king, we did. Well, I see four walking around in there. And the fourth one looks like the image of the Son of God. Now, what he was thinking about, what he was referring to, I really don't know. But it was something supernatural that gave him that, that thought. And we know that the pre-incarnate Christ was in the fire with him. And I can just see him putting his arm around him and saying, guys, don't worry. I've got this. I will take care of you. You see a pattern? Can you see David, little young David, the shepherd boy? The one that couldn't fit into Saul's armor. He left that and he walks out on the battlefield standing across from this giant vehemoth Goliath. And he looks at Goliath and he probably has this little tremble inside. It looked like a good idea when I started walking out here, but I'm not so sure right now. And you hear the voice of the father whispering in David's ear. David, don't worry. I've got this. That's where you and I are. We are in those situations where we begin to wonder what's going on. I, I don't understand. I don't like this. But listen to what the voice of the Father says. Don't worry. I've got this. Let not your heart be troubled. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't be afraid. I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. The disciples are in a, a boat on a, in a storm. And Jesus wakes up. He's down in the bottom of the boat. He wakes up and he comes up and he says, Guys, why are you panicked? Don't worry. I've got this. And then he looks at the wind and the waves and declares peace. Be still. Don't worry. Our God is in control. He has not advocated the throne. He's not taken by surprise. He's still in charge. The disciples come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, we don't have enough, feed, uh, enough food to feed the multitude that, that have come to hear you. And Jesus says, well, don't worry. What do you have? And then he takes what they have and blesses it and multiplies it to feed thousands. A little boy's lunch. God is repeating himself for a reason. 
Psalm 23 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Even when we're in very, very difficult situations, life and death situations, God says, don't worry, I am there with you. Fear, I, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. God says, I will provide. I will never leave you. I will stay close to you. I will never forget you. You remember the, the, the thief on the cross next to Jesus. Jesus is in his last moments of his life. And the thief next to him says, aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and save us. This is in Luke 23. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you even fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. And then Jesus said, well, I, I know he didn't say these words, but I, it comes out about the same. Don't worry. What did he say? Jesus, the, the guy says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Don't worry. I've got this. We receive a bad report from the doctor. Our employer announces that the business is downsizing. We get worried about what's going to happen next. And this morning, God is here giving you a word from off of his lips. Don't worry. I've got this. Let me close with a story this, this morning. If the worship team can come and join me here. There's a story of a young man when he was about 10 years old, his mother passed away. When he was 13, something really drastic happened. He had a disease that affected his eyes. He became completely blind. And now he lived alone with his father in total darkness. The boy went into a, a real deep depression, basically became a recluse. He wouldn't leave the house. He was angry with God. He was angry with his dad. He was, one night, the, 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 the father had been trying to work with his son. He just came to the end of his patience, and he says, all right, listen. Tomorrow morning, I've got a job for you to do. I'm going to put a bucket of water out on the deck with a squeegee and a sponge and a ladder beside it. I want you to go out tomorrow morning and wash all the windows around the house. The sun just went ballistic. Who do you think you are? I'm blind. There's no way I can do that. Argued with his dad. Dad says, listen, I, I don't want to hear it. Just, just get it done. The next morning, the dad fixed breakfast. The sun didn't come down. The dad could hear doors slamming upstairs and muttering 
finally the dad announced that he was leaving. He was going to work. The son could hear the sound of the car driving down the driveway. He was still angry as he came down the stairs. He decided, you know, I'm going to prove that old man wrong. He thinks I can do this. So he went out on the deck and he felt around and found the bucket of water and the sponge and the squeegee. Looked a little further and he found the ladder propped up against the house. He started on one window and it was rough. The second window wasn't much better. By the time he got to the third window, he kind of had a routine and, you know, I think I can do this. And he worked with every window in sequence all the way around the house. That evening, the dad came home and he had a new son. His attitude was totally different. They had dinner together. They had a good conversation. It was, it was a real positive thing. The young man went on, graduated from high school, went to college, graduated with a business degree, went into business, owned his own business, became very successful. So much so that a magazine a reporter contacted him, wanted to do a special story on overcoming adversity. What this young man had done was remarkable. And so the reporter in his interview, he, he came to one point and he says, what was, that, what was that turning point? What was that moment in your life where things just totally changed? The boy thought for a second. He said, oh, I know what it was. It was that morning or that, that evening my dad gave me that work assignment to go around and wash the windows at the house. And the reporter was incredulous. He said, you mean you as a 13-year-old boy, blind, he made you go out and wash windows? Didn't he realize you could have fallen off that ladder and broken your neck? He said, you know, some years after that, I, I thought of that and I asked my dad. He said, my dad responded with tears. He said, son, you know that morning I drove down that gravel driveway about 200 yards and I pulled off. And I got out and I quietly walked around to the back of the house. I saw you come out and I saw you find the bucket and the squeegee. I saw you take that ladder and lean it up against the house. He said, I was standing right behind you. You'd come back down and sometimes you'd falter to find a step or misjudge something. I wanted to reach out. And then you found your, your bearings and you continued and you went to the next window. He said, but every window I was there standing right behind you. I think of our Heavenly Father. He knows what we're going through. He knows where we are. He knows, he knows the hurt. He knows the confusion. He knows all of the things that are going on in our world. And his word to us is, don't worry. 
I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you everywhere that you go. Don't worry. I've got this. So my word for you today, can you guess what it is? Don't worry. I've got this. That's God's message to you. Church, hear it. some of you that maybe you have never had a relationship with Jesus. You're saying, man, this sounds like something I need. A lot of confusion in your life, a lot of questions that you have. To have a God who cares about you, Jesus, the Son of God, paid the penalty for your sin and made a way so that you could have eternal life with his plan. He loves you so much. And in just a moment, I want to give you that opportunity if, if you've never received Christ. For those of you that you made that decision long ago, I want you to renew that experience today. I want you to, just to, to give that nod to God say, okay, I get it. I hear the message. I receive the message. I receive your word for me. I'm going to make a choice not to worry. I'm not going to let the confusion in the world affect my walk with my God. I know you've got it all under control. Would you stand with me right now? you just for a moment, would you bow your heart and close your eyes, shut yourself in with Jesus. If you've never made this decision before, if you, if you find yourself away from God and, and just you want to come to know him in a personal way today, if you want to receive his forgiveness for all the mistakes you've made and all the bad judgment and scripture just calls it all sin doing things that God wouldn't approve of if that's you you want to receive him would you just lift your hand just between you and me and God and say yes that's me I want, I want to know Jesus today Lord, you see the hearts. You see these people. Right now, we confess that we are sinners. We confess that we are in need of a Savior. We're in need of a God who loves us and who cares for us. A God who will provide the way for us. We surrender our lives to you, Jesus. Come into our hearts right now. Change us. Make us new people, Lord. With new purpose. 
new beginning. And Lord, for all of those here who have been following you, but they've just sensed the confusion of the day we're living in. We recommit ourselves to you now. Thank you for being the God who cares for us, that has it all under control. The God who will provide all of our needs according to your resources in glory. The God who clothes the, the sparrow and the, provides food for the sparrows. The one who will provide every need. We submit to you, Lord. Thank you for taking care of us. present in our lives today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pastor Ben. Thank you so much, Pastor Steve, for that word. I think we all needed to hear that. Don't worry. I've got this. God's got this in his hands. So this morning, I, I think it would be appropriate just to close. Let's, let's go to him. Let's go to God. And let's give him whatever is holding us down, whatever worry is on our heart. And trust him that he's got this. So let's lift it up to him. Worship team's going to lead us. And, and, and as, as you feel you need to dismiss, you're, you're free to go. But thank you, Pastor Steve, for that message. God takes care of the, the sparrows and he, he clothes the, the field with flowers. How much more is he going to take care of us? Is he going to meet us in our needs? So Jesus, we trust in you this morning. We are in good hands. We're in your hands. We're in the Father's hands. Even when we can't see you, even when it feels like you're not there, God, you've been with us every step of the way and that's not going to change so we trust in you we trust in you build our faith today build our our confidence in you today you love us and you're not going to stop loving us so jesus we thank you we trust in you god we we give you our worries we give you our needs this morning we present them to you we trust in you this morning Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Let's let's worship Jesus and again as we sing uh, you are dismissed as you need this morning. Word the word at the beginning. One with God the Lord most high. You hidden glory in creation. Now re-